All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 179, One Night in Atlanta. We're going to talk about All-Star Weekend, Blake to the Nets, Myers Leonard's comments, and of course, the trade deadline is two weeks away. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 179, coming fresh off of All-Star Weekend. We're a couple days late on this, but we got to talk about All-Star Weekend, Drew. I'm I'm stoked that they put it on, but I was extremely underwhelmed. We haven't even talked together. We haven't discussed our feelings on the game. But the first thing I want to bring up before we get into the game is they need to absolutely get rid of the skills challenge we are on board i'm glad that you have that okay that's, no that's the that number one, one my, thing. that's one of my first points yeah first thing they either need to get rid of the skills challenge all like all of it or they really need to make it a skills challenge running through cones throwing a ball in a net and then running the other side of the court and hitting a three-pointer is not a skills challenge to me no and it not even is it not a skills challenge they're going at like below 50% pace it is no longer like nobody's trying nobody's trying it's very evident that nobody's trying like watching luca do the skills challenge was hilarious like he i don't think he even ran for a portion of it he just was jog he still had his warm ups on like he he was not involved <laughs> at all and then like the fact that you have Vucevic and Sabonis making it, like, I, they're very skilled players, but that's not a representation of the skill level of Chris Paul or Luka Doncic. Um, so, yeah, they, they have to get rid of it. Uh, I think they have to get rid of it. Or do you remember, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago when they had, like, multiple passes mm-hmm. where it wasn't just one chess pass into, mm-hmm. the, into the loop. It was, like, a bounce pass, a chess pass, and – some other pass, <laughs> maybe a lob. I don't, I can't remember what it was, but that is more of a skills challenge when you have that. And then, you know, I get it. Like if you have a timer on there, they initially it was just a guy would be out there by himself doing it and being timed. And they tried to make it more competitive by having two guys going at the same time. So you have someone that you actually have to beat, which I thought was a good wrinkle, uh, but it still didn't solve the problem of, people just jogging around up and down. So they either need to do it with guys that actually want to do and win the skills challenge, or Mm -hmm. they need to incentivize it to make them want to win the skills challenge. But as it is now, it's just a waste of time. Total waste of time. But if you think about it, like, yeah, I would love to see Chris Paul and John Morant and Luca do a real skills challenge where it's like, I don't mind the dribbling, but like, how about a behind the back pass? you know, getting into the net. And then how about instead of a dead on three, like you got to hit the bank shot from three, like you have to hit bank or, Or you know, and do a floater or something. You have to do a little floater on one of them instead of a layup, like totally or a lob, throw a lob to somebody and have that be a part of it. (laughs) Or yeah. And also just like, how about crab walking? Like, like you got to crab walk the fastest. Like you, if if you're going to do this, uh, you know, running up the court, why don't we do crab walk or a backwards crab walk, like making it, 
skill, skillful. You know what I mean? So totally. And I was talking to Etan Thomas about this afterwards, and kind of I think a lot of people are on board with this. And Etan was like, "Well, you know, how would you make it better?" And I'm like, "Dude, at least like light light the net on fire or something, and make it throw throw the ball through fire because that was just so, uh, so boring, right?" It, it's literally it was so boring, and I, I have to say, like this really wasn't All Star Weekend. It was one night in Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. like it was All Star Night, and I. By the time the All-Star game started, I was already exhausted. Exhausted. Like, having to watch <laughs> it all in that chunk. It was like six hours. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you're watching this, the, the warm-ups and everything starting, and then the skills challenge, the three-point competition, which we're going to get into, I'm sure, which was the best part of the of the outside of the All-Star game. Um, and then you're like two and a half hours in, and now the All-Star game is starting. And I, you know... I'm watching it. I'm here at home. I'm watching it with my girl and, you know, all-star game starts. She's like, I'm going to, I got to go. I'm going to go in the bedroom. I'm going to watch, you know, my, my Britney Spears documentary. I just, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. Yeah. She said it was great. I, she goes, I just, I'm not, I can't sit through another, whatever, three hours of this. And I don't blame her. So I, I like the weekend. What I'm, the the point I'm making is like having a, like all-star Saturday Mm. as its own day is great to break up that ridiculous monotony I, I don't think they should ever do it all in one day again and there was there was like 14 national anthems before the game like the players are <laughs> the, the players are standing there for a legit half hour before, you know after they're after they they say who's on on the squads and I'm just I'm, I'm like you I was exhausted and then yeah. you know like you said three point uh, challenge which had way better participants in it and I think I don't remember who you took I know I took Steph I think you did too when we did yeah, our I mean Steph was the was had to be the favorite when you mm-hmm. look at everyone that was you know a part of the competition um and yeah I think I think I was just saying that Steph should win I mean it was pretty clear that based on everybody else that was in in the list that he was the best uh, I didn't and then you know initially it was Booker that was supposed to be in so Conley steps in and does a great job mm-hmm. Conley was awesome uh but yeah that was that was very fun and everyone did well that was the one thing that I was saying on the last pod was that I, I thought there was a chance for, for someone to get embarrassed out here because they don't, a lot of these guys were first time participants in the three point competition and they're not, you know, 45% three point shooters like we normally have in this competition. Uh, but everyone shot the ball. Well, I mean, 22 was like the lowest score mm-hmm. and that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a good, uh, you know, number to put up there. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Steph, Steph is, Steph's amazing. Like the, the way that it closed, to have to win it on the last the last shot, I mean, it's incredible. That was awesome. So much fun to watch. He's just so much fun to watch, and I think he he hit the two money ball too, right? The Mountain Dew balls on that one, the deep ones, right? Which just make it it's so easy. It's like well, a layup. He started off. He started off cold, right? In that in that very in the second round, the very first rack. I think you only made two of them or something mm-hmm. like that, and you're like, uh oh, yep. Conley had a great number. I mean, Conley put up a huge number, and then was it 27? 27? Uh, yeah, I think it was twenty. It was either 27 or 28 and Steph had it. I think it was 28 and then Steph hit like 29 on the last on the last uh, shot. That was that's awesome. And I yeah, I think that's the one in, even including the dunk contest that the three point competition is the best competition like that. They, they have the structure um, and it works. I love that they added those two deep, you know, the mm. deep shots, the Mountain Dew shots. I think that was a great addition to kind of be with more with the times and then also offer a chance for someone to miss a couple shots and still be in the game with those, you know, three point uh, points that they get for that shot. 
Um, that one to me is perfect. They don't have to change a damn thing for that. It's the it's the skills challenge and the dunk competition that are just terrible now. Well, okay, let's talk about the dunk competition because automatically, right off the bat, we both we both had Cassius. We've seen the guy what he can do vertically. Uh, haven't seen him dunk too much since high school, but he got robbed on the first dunk. Like I really don't think the judges understood the difficulty of that dunk. They thought it was another East Bay funk dunk, and it wasn't. Like he literally he went in between the leg. He jumped off of like. Scissor, scissor kick. He got high in the air, flushed it, and then with he the got left hand. with the got left with his left hand. Yeah. Right. So I, I just and, and John Morant came out and tweeted like, "That's why I'm not doing the dunk contest." Like these judges don't get it, and we were all amped that they had the right judges: Dominique and Spud and Josh and and uh, D Brown and who am I forgetting? Jason Richardson was up there, um, and then kind of after he got robbed on that. That was it for him. He kind of gave up. And then he missed his second attempt dunks just didn't go well. And he settled for some BS. Um, I thought Anthony Simons was creative. Like the kiss the rim, I, I thought was dope. Um, the, the one where he put the ball at 12 feet or at 11 and a half, whatever that was. I thought that was super creative and undervalued as, as the judges. There were no 50s in this, right? Um, Correct. Yeah, nobody got a 50. I mean, the, the, the amount of difficulty for Obi with the – with the windmill jumping over his pops and who was it? Julius? I think it was, yeah, it was Julius. Yeah, Julius and his dad. He brought his pops out. Yeah. I thought that was nice. There were nice dunks, but again, I was underwhelmed, man. Specifically for, for Cassius Stanley's dunk. I think that's the problem with going first in the dunk competition. Hmm. Like that's just the unfortunate problem is like, if you're the first guy up and you don't do something like really over the top crazy, you're not going to get a 50. And even if you do do something way over the top crazy, they're they're less likely to give you a 50 because then they're starting at 50 and they can't go up. Right. So then then they set the precedent. Well, if that one was a 50, then most likely every other dunk is a 50. So it's just it's the problem of of being first in that competition. Right. Because if he had gone third or even second and Obi went first, then we would probably be having the same conversation about the fact that Obi's dunk wasn't you know, given as many points as it should have been or Simon's, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's the shitty part about that competition is the judges, they have nothing to go off of other than that first thing. And they can't, they're ne almost never going to give you uh, a 50 just because it's the first one. So that, and that sucks, but it's pretty clear that Cassius deserved more than the 44 points that he got. Uh -huh. And it's also pretty clear to me that that was one of the worst dunk contests we've ever had only three players and Simon's, looked awesome like way more bouncy than i knew and and clearly he needs to figure out a way to integrate that into his offensive arsenal in games because he does not dunk the ball like that he doesn't jump like that when he's playing out there in portland like no no tip dunks no you know like he's a crazy athlete i didn't know that about him so he showed out beautifully and i thought his dunks were cool and creative but to win it on a kiss the rim dunk where you don't you don't kiss the rim and you don't really get close. That's soft. That's about as soft as a champion as, as we've we've had maybe ever. I mean, you don't want to lose your teeth and the kiss the rim dunk. I get it. I totally but... get it. But Kenny Kenny said it best. Put a fucking mouth guard in. Yeah. Like if you're gonna do that, mm -hmm. if you know you're gonna kiss the rim and mm -hmm. you don't want to come close, at least put the mouth guard in so you you feel like you can get closer. Uh, the Gerald Green version where you blow out the candle was better, right? Because then you can get close to the rim without having to worry about that, and you can show that you were up there, your mouth was up there because you blew out the candle. So another version of that may have been, you know, better. 
and I, I don't want to take away from the fact that those were great dunks and he jumped out of the gym, mm. but he was a foot away from that rim. I <laughs> know. I think, I think Kenny said what you were saying too. Like, yo, we need to see more of Anthony Simons, like do this in games. Like you can't be this ridiculously athletic and be putting up the numbers you're putting up. Right. Even just, even the trash buckets, the follow-up dunks, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, now that he's kind of on the map, we, we want to see more of that. And the other thing is, you know, dude, Zion's sitting right there. Like he's right there in uniform on the sideline. Like I don't, I, I was talking about this in one of the clubhouse rooms. Like, yo, if you're one of the best dunkers in the league, you need to be participating in this. All the great dunkers have, right? Mike, Dominique, Blake, uh, you know, Jason Richardson, all these guys did it. So I think it's kind of part of, you as an NBA player to participate in these things. And it shouldn't be, you know, well, what if I lose? I might, that might, you know, my value might go down. People might look at me different. It's, it's more of the fun. And if you're the best dunker in the NBA or supposedly the, one of the best dunkers in the NBA, you need, you need to be participating in these things, especially when you're you're literally right there. You know, he could have taken off the warmups and done this thing. Same thing with Zach Levine. I mean, Zach mm-hmm. Levine was like consulting with everybody. Like Simon's Cassius was going up talking to Zach because he's clear. It was like a JV dunk contest before the varsity dunk contest was starting. Like he was the JV guys were talking to the varsity guy over there being like, yo, what do you think I should do with this? And then Levine's like telling them and then they can't execute. Like whatever Zach told those guys didn't happen. Didn't wasn't wasn't manifested. Right. Um, so, yeah, there has to be a way to make this dunk contest cooler, to make people want to do it. And if there's not a way to do that, they need to finish it. Like it like until stars are competing in it or until you have another one where it's it's the best dunkers in the league, like the Derek Jones uh, you know, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine stuff that we've had, those guys aren't necessarily all-stars. I mean, Levine is now, but if you have that caliber of player competing in the dunk contest, it's worth it. And it's fun. And it's awesome as we've seen with those guys. But when it's this, they should have just scrapped it. Like they really should have this year. I mean, it's a perfect year to scrap it, right? It's a COVID year. We want to fit this all in one night. Like nobody really seems up for it other than these three <laughs> Guys that are not, you know, not well-known players. Um, it would have been the perfect time to, to just let it go. But I get it. You know, they have sponsorships and it's a whole thing. And I'm sure it was fun for Simons to win it, right? That probably means a lot to him. So, um, but, and and real quick, to go back to Obi's dunk that you talked about, the mm-hmm. windmill, like, also, also not great. I mean, when you're, when you're pushing off the shoulder of Julius Randle, I could do that dunk. You give ah, me, Drew, chill, chill. A second. Cap. You, give, you give me Julius Randle in front of me, and I can jump and push off his shoulders. You I can play, jump over Julius You Randall. are breaking your leg if that happens. I'm just saying. Come on, Drew. I thought aesthetically it just looked real nice. I know Obi's big. It just looked right. it looked really nice. Look, back to what you were just saying about the dunk contest. If you want to scrap it, scrap it. Let's put 100K on the line and get the best dunkers in the world, the street ball guys, to come to come do these dunks. It's put a, a perfect transition. And then it's guess a what? perfect transition. Right. And then have the NBA all-stars that are there vote, right? Those guys that are there watching, let them vote, right? Not the old school cats 
not these guys. Let these guys let the let the NBA players that are there. The, I like the, that. Yeah, the twenty people, the twenty NBA All Stars that are there, they vote on it, and let's give these guys a chance to you know to to make some bread and you know make a name for themselves, and then and and they can do the dunks that we want to see that we're seeing on social media every single day. But, and right, and and I just think that would be way better if we're just going to get this. Uh, you know the JV guys participating in this. I'd rather have the 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 world class guys that work on dunks their whole life to come out and show what they can do. I love that. I think that's a perfect transition. It relieves the pressure of the NBA players that don't want to look bad. They don't want to miss dunks, right? Cassius Stanley did not want to look that way, which is why he gave up and just was like, "Fuck it, like this is dumb." He pouted though, bro. He was pouting. He was pouting. And deservedly so. His right. dunk was his dunk was just as good as the other three other two dunks that happened right yeah. after. So I just, you know, I think that's a great way to do it. I I think somebody else that I heard of, I, I can't remember exactly who said it, but uh changing the scoring itself, like allowing for like decimal points. So instead of having to put up a 10 or a nine, and then like everyone is essentially uniform. Allow them to do 9.5 or do it out of 100, like give it a 97 or give it a 91. Like Mm -hmm. instead of being so strict to the one through 10, opening it up allows for obviously a lot more interpretation. And that way you can actually get some fun scores in there instead of these, you know, standard numbers that we keep seeing. Oh, it's an eight or a nine or a 10, because really that's all you ever use. When in the dunk contest has anyone gotten a seven unless they just missed, right? <laughs> no one's scoring anything. It's either eight, nine, or 10. That's what right. you're getting if you're dunking the ball. So, you know, I mean, granted, Cassius, Cassius is the last dunk, probably got a bunch of sixes and sevens. If you can change the scoring, I think your idea is the way that it will unfold and it should. Like, bring in the professionals. These are the guys that everyone wants to see anyway. And if the stars aren't going to do it, it's not worth it. Moving forward to the game, all right? Again, I want to preface that I am so happy about all the money that was raised. That is the best part of all-star of this one day. A lot of money was raised. They got it done. Um, I felt bad. We, we knew something was going to happen. I mean, Ben Simmons and Embiid don't get to participate um, due to contact tracing. And I think, and, and Joel was very vocal about it on Twitter and he has a new name on Twitter now, dude. And I love it. And it's Troel J- Embiid. Oh my God. Tell me how great that is. Right. I love it. I do. I do too. And I, I'm, I'm sad that both of them didn't get to participate in it. Um, but I'm glad they didn't go because again, you know, what if somebody got, you know, they could have infected or whatever contact tracing with the rest of the guys on the squad. Um, I, again, it was super underwhelmed with the game. Um, fourth quarter was fun uh, to watch. Um, it's good seeing all the guys out there. I, I thought that there was two great moments in the all-star game to me. And what do you, which ones do you think is better? Do you think it was better the back back to back lobs that Steph and CP caught because I thought that was amazing, or the back to back Dame and Steph from half court? Um, what do you think was better? Uh, those are the two moments that stood out to me as well. I mean, like really, those were it. It and the most fun the most fun aspect to me was that was Dame and Curry throughout the game, mm-hmm. kind of trading buckets. That was the that was the most fun aspect of the game. Um, and, and I right there, right behind, I'd be seeing Chris Paul catch an, a two-handed lob and kind of sort of flush it in, like, you know, rattled it home. That was, that was awesome. And that's why you, that's why you have an all-star game for, for moments like that for Chris Paul. And then it's just so impressive watching Dame and Curry do that, 
Wow. Like just pulling up from half half court. They're shooting from half court and it's cash. Cash. It is cash money. <laughs> and that's fucking crazy. So that's right. another that's another reason to have an all-star game, right? Like that's what we wanted to see. And outside of those things, there were some fun moments. Jalen Brown, um, I, I thought he played great. Uh, Giannis obviously was <laughs> looking to get an MVP award and he got it. I mean, I think the, the, the Giannis and Jokic thing was cool too. Like they were feeding off each other, buddy, buddy stuff. Uh, the fact that LeBron and Steph finally got to play together. It looked like the guys were all having a lot of fun and I appreciated that. And the, you know, when Dame finished the game and kind of Steph is calling it like waving bye-bye to everybody. Cause he knew that, that it was going to be cash. I thought that was cool too. Yeah, and 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 the fact that Steph tried the half quarter to finish it right before, and then it was you like, knew it okay. though. You knew that was coming though, right? Yeah, Steph was like, "I'm gonna try it because right. you know if I miss this, Dame's definitely gonna hit it. So I, I let me see if I can do it, and then maybe I'll get MVP for for hitting that." Um, I I do think Dame probably should have won MVP. I mean, you can't argue with Giannis's stats, right? He didn't miss a fucking shot. Mm-hmm. He didn't miss a goddamn shot. But then you look at the shots. He had like three banked in threes, or two, or at least two banked two. in threes. And then just a bunch of dunks when nobody was like, he was the only person going for offensive rebounds. <laughs> right. Right. And, and then, you know, of course it's just like the lobs and then just the natural, you know, terrible, terrible play in general. So, you know, now that we've talked about the fun moments, which were, which were a lot of fun, that, that game was horrendous. <laughs> so bad, bro. And it, hold on really quick. You know, who did not want to be there and it, definitely showed Kawhi looked like he could give zero fucks <clears throat> about being in this game <laughs> after winning the Kobe MVP last year. Yeah. Uh, Kawhi just looked like he didn't even want to come in the game. Yeah. And same thing with LeBron. <clears throat> I mean, like LeBron played like 10 minutes. So yeah, both of those guys were not energized. I did write down. I had like a one little note that, you know, Kawhi was on doc's team. <laughs> so that had to be a little awkward there. That's doc true. was the head coach. <laughs> that and, is you know, true. that was uh, you know not necessarily the most ceremonious of uh, departures for doc rivers and there has been a lot said from paul george and Kawhi about you know him not being the best coach especially in in certain circumstances last year so i do think like right from the start as soon as Kawhi saw that he was on doc's team he's like well that i don't know if i need to be playing more than uh, i'm sure they were cordial teams. dude i'm sure I'm everything sure that was they were. fine i'm sure that they were but it's an awkward moment for sure um how about zion not catching that a couple lobs bro like did you lose your bounce what happened so the first five minutes was was almost not watchable it was it was like less than 50 percent pace right like walking around people are walking and just kind of oh i don't rebound just throw it up to the guy who didn't come back on defense because he's gonna get a a layup Mm -hmm. and then yeah dude zion i feel bad for him like no wonder he didn't want to be in the dunk contest that motherfucker uh, he couldn't dunk a donut and coffee in that first quarter i mean maybe it was nerves though maybe it was nerves but i don't know dude horrendous right four four missed dunks in the first five minutes of the game for zion is that what it was was it four yeah, he missed four dunks oh in the first quarter. God. That he they were not he was not defended. <laughs> there was no defense. He just couldn't couldn't hold on to the ball. Um I don't know how many people that tuned into that all-star game watched the whole thing, like you and I did, uh, because it's our job. Um, but if you if you were <laughs> like a casual NBA fan. And you're turning on that game to watch an all-star game, watch the best players play basketball. 
and then you turn it on and no one's playing basketball. Like you can't even fucking call that basketball. Oh, you're, you're talking about my father who turned it off about six <laughs> minutes in <clears throat> to watch Return to Oak Island. Okay. He would have rather watched that and then, then watch this game. And I get it, man. If I'm, I, Totally understand your girlfriend um, not wanting to watch the game as well. I, I honestly, let's give it a rating. One to ten, Drew. What are you giving All-Star Saturday as a whole? Well, so, okay. So, but it, it, we have to, in order to, to rank it, we have to, like, what is it? What is a ten, right? Was last year, would you consider last year a ten? I would. Okay, cool. I'm on board with that. Just okay. to give it some recency and some frame of reference. If mm-hmm. last year was a ten, this year's, this year's a three. Like, maybe, <laughs> you think that bad? Maybe even a two. Like... <laughs> I give a solid five. I get a solid five. Two or three is low. It the first the first right off from the get go, Kevin Durant drafted terribly. He did, and LeBron clearly drafted much better. So you just look right from the beginning. You're Mm -hmm. looking at the squads. I mean, Giannis's reaction, you know, last week before the before the weekend when the when the starters were announced, he his reaction was like, "Yeah, this is a wrap." (laughs) He wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. No, no. And I think that's the, that to me was the toughest piece, right? Like the NBA has done so much to try and force some competitive nature out of this game where they're resetting the the scores after every quarter. And then they're doing like the no clock at the end uh, so that hopefully there's some competitive drive and it did not fucking matter because LeBron's team was so much better and was just crushing. They were crushing the other team. Without even trying, like nobody was trying. So anyway, having it end where it was like not even close to like there was one moment what where it got down to like thirteen or fifteen points in the in the fourth quarter. There was like oh maybe maybe Team Durant's gonna make a run. And it's like uh, did no. his cha- did his charity get zero dollars that he had since they didn't I, win a quarter? I I thought did they not win the third quarter? I thought they won the third. They quarter. didn't win any. Then yeah, his charity got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry guys sorry kids you know what yeah. i mean yeah i'm sure the nba gave him at least a baseline of, of 50 grand or something like you, you just for making it to the to this level you get you get something let's hope um, so so yeah that was I, a three i think is a solid number on a, on a rating of one to ten for me it was you know it was bad and i have to say the best part of the all-star night was at the end of the all-star game they rolled out that documentary about the inside of the NBA. Right. I don't know if you stayed on for that. I couldn't turn that off. That right. was so much more entertaining and way better than the all-star game was itself. And shout out to the inside the NBA crew. That was a great, they did a great job. Whoever, you know, produced that, uh, that was so entertaining and interesting. And I love those guys. So that to me was, was the star of the night was after the all-star game, other than the three point contest after the all-star game was done the documentary was better than the game. Well, I think that's a, it's a series though, right? Like that was is part. It? Yeah. I think that was part four of the series. There is more. Um, there's more of that drew. So you should. Pay that I, want, I didn't know. So I didn't know it. Cause it just kind of rolled. I just left the television on mm-hmm. I went to grab another drink <laughs> and I, and I came back and this, and the thing had started. So that's a series. I, if I'm not mistaken, that, that is a, a four part series or a three part series. Cool. Um, and I, I, yeah, so go back, it should be on YouTube or probably on somewhere to watch, but yes, it is, it is really cool. And those guys have done amazing work and they're, they've, 
you know, revolutionized how the game is done now. And what's weird is a lot of people don't like them. <laughs> There's a lot of people that don't like them, which is crazy to me. Um, I, well, I mean, I get, you know, especially more recently, like the Shaq thing and, mm-hmm. you know, I sure maybe there's a, a, a turn against them and shit, man. I mean, they've been, they've been on there for 20 years now or whatever, right. 30 years of the show. So yeah, I, I bet younger people are probably over it. I mean, younger people today don't know that Charles Barkley was an NBA player. <laughs> and if they do, they don't realize how phenomenal he was. So right. I'm sure there's a lot of that. And certainly none of them know who the fuck Kenny is. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like anyone, anyone younger than 25 probably doesn't really know who Kenny is. Right. He's got two chips, guys, just to let you know. Two chips and two, yeah. two busted ass knees. <laughs> <laughs> he does have an issue. He does have an issue getting, getting up to the board now. Hey, so what we thought couldn't happen did happen. Uh, Detroit bought out Blake. Um, he left. Hold 13- on, hold on, hold on. Before we, before we leave the all-star thing. Oh, okay. More. I have a question because okay. we saw a lot of players – not not make the all-star game right anthony davis kevin durant we knew they were injured booker was a last minute pull and then you know simmons and uh, Embiid aren't there what are your thoughts about the mike conley lifetime achievement award all-star uh you know game credit given but, by adam silver do, do you think that was legit like because i i honestly think that he shouldn't be he shouldn't have been a part of the game of, of, of the of the all-star game well, we both agreed on that on the last show. Like everybody likes Mike Conley, and if anybody, I guess, deserves to be in an All Star game, I can see that. But I also think they had to fill that three point spot too, right? Because Booker was in the three point contest. Um, I don't necessarily, and there was a lot of talk going on about Mike Conley never making a an All Star game, and he is on the best team in the NBA. So maybe it was just a quick a quick move. I mean, who else? I, I, again, I should know this, but. Who are we talking about that didn't make it then? Like, well, like who are the S- SGA, right? Um, Ingram, Ingram, right? Another one, mm-hmm. um, uh, De'Aaron Fox. I think this know. just might be his last shot at making an All Star team. So that's why yeah. I called it the Lifetime Achievement. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, love it. That's really what it was. I, to be quite honest, like there's no other debate in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. he did, yes, he he has been deserving of All Stars in his career. This one is not one of those years. But hey, you know, you get the nod. He, you know, I think he did well. I think he was excited to be there. Uh, but that one to me, uh, I thought that was interesting that Adam Silver was just like, hey, Mike Conley, how, do you want do you want to do this? Because it's your time, bro. It's your time. I'm just I'm just naming you like nobody else gets a shot. Adam Silver just calling the shots and good for him. I mean, he's 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 a great player. Great guy. And I've, yeah, that's all I heard, too, was like Mike Conley is the nicest human being. Like he's a really great guy. So why not give it to Mike? I'm with that. Um all right, so back to Blake. Blake gets bought out. We didn't think that it was going to get done. He only left 13 – I'm saying only left $13 million on the table. But, you know, it is what it is. And then immediately signs with the Nets for $1.2 million. The Nets definitely got better, right? Like they did not get worse signing Blake Griffin. They definitely got better. Um, I think that was his choice all the way. Like if I get bought out, I'm definitely going to the Nets. It's my Vex. I mean, I, I had that small little hope that we would have had, that the Clippers would have had, you know, a little bit of conversation with him. I don't even know if we did or not. Um, but obviously DJs in Brooklyn, their, their BFFs are back, but this is my thing, man, is if Blake comes, you know, he's playing tomorrow, he's going to be playing, uh, for the Nets tomorrow. If Blake comes out here and starts dropping like 20 and 10 and catching lobs and shit, like I'm going to be like, yo, this is the biggest sandbag of all time, right? If Blake comes out and starts showing I don't think out. you have to worry about that happening. Well, you, we don't know, right? So again, <laughs> uh, again, well, we don't know. We, we don't know that, Drew. Um, well, yeah, sure. 
I just think the Nets are definitely right now the team to beat. Um, the addition of Blake was huge. I think it's a great opportunity for him to, you know, compete for a championship, bring value to a really good team. But I'm also just like, okay, now the Nets get Blake and KD and Kyrie and, and, you know, it's just to beat LeBron. You know what I mean? Like just to beat LeBron, you guys really got to do that. Well, in order to beat LeBron in your statement there, you have to go through Philly, uh, in the East. And I am not high on this move. I, uh, I get it. I get why Blake wants to join the team. I get why the Nets, of course, Blake Griffin for $1.2 million. I don't care what version of Blake you're getting. That's a really good price. And it's, you know, half of a season left. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, it's $1.2 million. Right. Like, why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't answer the biggest question, and that's defense. And that's a big fucking miss. I, I, Blake is not a defensive player. He's also never been a center. Uh, as far as being able to guard players in the post. Now, he is very strong, but he is undersized. What is he? He's 6'9", 6'10", right? 6'9". And what? So Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are going to be guarding Joel Embiid and guarding uh, Giannis. Those are the two big, biggest guys that they're going to have to come up against when they make their run to the Eastern Conference Finals and to the actual NBA Finals this year. And they did not address that. To me... This move is more about uh, a cover for if Kevin Durant goes out for whatever reason. Like they clearly have sat him for the last few weeks with a hamstring thing. I'm not saying that that Kevin is in a bat is in bad shape or that he you know may not be able to play or anything like that. But I think what it is, it is cover. So if if something bad goes goes down with Kevin Durant and he can't play um, or he's out for an extended period of time, you have some cover. You can play Blake in there with James Harden and with Kyrie and still, you know, assumingly get him to get open shots at the rim and get open threes um, in the corners. I'm not surprised that Blake went there. I just don't think that this makes them any better when it comes to the matchups against Milwaukee and against Philadelphia. And those are the ones that are going to matter when it's, when it's, you know, finals time. Uh, and that's a that's a problem they still have to address, in my opinion. I agree. And like they've kind of already been playing small ball center with Jeff Green. So Blake's just like going to be another small ball center like Jeff Green. And Blake can spread the floor, too. He can knock down the corner threes when he when he has to. But again, one point two million. I'm picking him up. Uh, you know, I would have rather than been more aggressive on trying to get Drummond, you know, and figuring out a way to get Drummond, which. Who knows? That can happen, too. Right. Which is just be complete BS if that does happen. Um, Back to Philly. I do feel like Philly needs to make some moves, too, right now. Like, I think they need to get a couple more pieces or another piece, um, another scoring piece to kind of keep up with the net scoring. Right. So Will Barton, P.J. Tucker, George Hill, those kind of guys could bring some value to Philly and help them out a lot, Um, because I I. I think right now the Nets are the best team in the East and they are going to be the team to beat. I totally agree with you though, with the, I mean, you're going to need a big at some point there's Jokic, there's AD, there's Embiid, there's Giannis. Like, yes, you're going to have to come up against the big man. So well, I guess we're just going to have to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think we're going to have some relatively active weeks here, but as the trade deadline, you know, starts getting closer and closer. And look, I mean, if, if I'm Philadelphia, I got to feel pretty good about our chances against the Nets. And 
and it may be foolish to think that, but they have, if there's a team that has a lot to offer defensively and offensively against the Nets, it's Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is the best defender in the NBA right now. And you can put him on Harden. You can put him on Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. And then they have Thibault. Who's no slouch? I mean, right. offensively, he's going to have to step it up if he wants to play. And he loves minutes. defense, though. He loves playing defense. I think that's a great guy to put on Kyrie. Mm -hmm. Use that length, you know, and you know, and and if Kyrie's guarding him on the offensive end, at least he can cut to the basket and hopefully hit some open open threes when they kick out to him. And then, of course, you have Embiid. I may be naive in thinking that. Philadelphia's defense and their offense is going to be able to keep up with the Nets offense. Right. And I, I just, I just know that in playoff situations and playoff moments, you're going to miss some shots. I'm talking about the Nets as good as you're going to be. You're, there's just going to be some times where you're going to miss some shots or they're going to be forced into tough shots. And maybe their offense is way better than I'm giving them credit for. And I think they're arguably one of the best offensive teams ever created. But defense is what wins championships. There's a reason that that's a that's a saying. Defense wins championships, and when it comes down to it, you're they're going to have to get stops. And I don't know if they can do that against Philly. Against Milwaukee, I think it's a it's a, a lot easier task, especially in the fourth quarter. All you have to do really is is not let Giannis get to the rim, and then you know make it hard for Middleton, and you're probably going to be okay. But it's against. Uh, a guy that they don't have an answer for Joel Embiid that I think, I really think Joel could average like 45 a game against them. And, and the Nets may still win that series. I'm excited. And I, I just hope that the rest of the season rolls out. So we do get a Nets Philly matchup in the playoffs. And then we get to see that because I I'm, I'm, I'm locked into that. I can't, I wouldn't be able to take my eyes off of that series. That's what I want to see. You know what you're not going to see drew. What's that? Is Myers Leonard. You're not going to yeah. see Myers Leonard. Um, I want to talk about this because this broke yesterday. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Myers Leonard had some racial words to say during his Twitch playing COD. Um, you know, first of all, horrible choice by this guy. Complete horrible choice. I don't care. If you're playing a video game with your friends or you're just by yourself, there are some things that just don't shouldn't be said. And he said it. And when your owner is born in Israel and Jewish, right, um, to say those words just automatically. Once I, I once I saw Drew, I'm like, oh, he's done. Like, this is going to be a wrap. And especially in this cancel culture right now, like if we're going to cancel toys and TV shows and, you know, Cartoon characters, like individuals are going to get canceled too. And Myers Leonard is going to get canceled. And he did. He's he's suspended indefinitely from the squad. And I think it's he should be, right? Do I think Myers Leonard is a racist? I don't. Okay. I don't. But I don't think that um I thought the excuse of him saying, I didn't know what that word meant is BS. Okay. You're a grown man. You get it. And you know, I was fine with him standing during the national anthem. Um, I know that was a big deal for him. He's got brother in the military. He explained it to his to his teammates, and his teammates understood too, right? I thought he I accepted that. I understood that. You know, I don't think Myers Leonard is a racist. But if you say that word, I think you've said it before, right? And you can get canceled. And him being Myers Leonard and at $10 million a year, um, I think 
I think he didn't stand a chance in this, like even with an apology or whatnot, um, and your owner being Jewish and from Israel, uh, I just knew it automatically that this was, this was the route that they were going to take. And Myers Leonard is a, is a big man that, they, that the Heat could definitely use, but I just don't think he's going to be with the team anymore. Well, that remains to be seen. Who knows um, what's going to happen there? And I, don't, I honestly don't know from a contract point of view. I'm not sure what they would be able to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could waive them, right? I guess you could waive them. But I, I just, I, I, beyond that, obviously, everything you said already, I don't need to re- reiterate. It's a terrible thing. I, I, it's hard to believe that after all of the time and energy that we have put into awareness, uh, that someone who, you know, has, has, clearly had conversations about being aware and, and about making the right choices that Myers Leonard has gone through, especially in the last year. It's shocking. It's shocking to me. Now, when call of duty um, is being played or you know, online video games are being played, there's just all types of unbelievably despicable language in there. And, and to be quite honest, like the fuck yous and all the shit talking is part of the appeal of playing online with people, but man, oh man, it just, I don't, I just don't understand how, especially like he's, he's recording himself. He's live. He's sponsored. He's sponsored by these companies that put on these games. And, and like to think that it would be in any way, shape or form to, to utter any sort of racial or any kind of slur, even you know, saying bad words, like just, just being straight on, like kids are watching you, Myers Leonard, when Mm. you're on Twitch, you're getting watched by like, you know, seven to 18 year olds. Like these are children, bro. So to be, I I can understand like the, and I've done it, you know, I I've been playing online video games for, I don't know, 15 years now. It feels like a long fucking time. And it's fun to talk shit against people and, you know, I'll do all that stuff. But then there's obviously a line that cannot be crossed. And he did it. And, you know, hopefully he learns his lesson. Um, but I agree with you 100%. That apology was bullshit. Um, it wasn't really an apology. It was like, oh, I didn't know. Uh, and that's just, that's that's another thing that he has to be held accountable for. Because um, he needs to own up to that. It, if you're going to apologize, fucking apologize and say that I knew what I was saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said it for a reason. It doesn't matter how good he is or how bad he is or what his contract is. That's completely unacceptable. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not a part of the Heat and not a part of the league. Uh, but I also do think he'll he'll probably be given another chance. You know, the owner, uh, Mickey Harrison, he's on the board, the National Basketball Social Justice Coalition. Like, he's on that board. And, you know, they they made that board for, for these type of things. You know what I mean? Like, to not have this in basketball. So, um I do believe people deserve second chances, right? I, I, and, you know, I just think there needs to be a different apology and there needs to be an apology to the owner as well. Like, I think that's if you're representing the heat um, and your owner is from Israel, like, I just think that that's something that needs to be addressed. So and I, yeah, I think if you just look at in recent you know, months, Nick Cannon had a very similar incident mm-hmm. and, and you don't see him. He got canceled, too. You don't see him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's for good. It's for good measure. Like this is shit that cannot happen mm-hmm. in, in our in our daily life. You can't just can't happen. Right. You can't do it. 
I think it's the appropriate reaction because if he had dropped an N bomb, oh yeah, right. It's the same. It's the same thing. I, I, it. You can't do that, and he knows that, and that's. And I think that's the saddest part. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We'll see what happens moving forward with that. Um, Hall of Fame finalists came out this week. Um, some of them were really random, and maybe some of our listeners or somebody can explain this to us. But so we got Paul Pierce, Chris Weber, and Ben Wallace are three of them, right? Um, I think Paul Pierce is definitely first ballot. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Weber's finally getting his flowers. We don't know if he's going to make it or not, but uh, they're kind of on on the spectrum for me. I mean, I think Weber should be there. Weber's career 20, 10, and 4, 14 NBA seasons. He had like he had a 10-year stretch, bro, where his numbers were just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. One of the best power forwards in the NBA, if not the best power forward in the NBA at one point. Um, and then Ben Wallace, who, you know, defensive player of the year, anchor of those Pistons teams. Um, but then I just don't understand how Michael Cooper and Tim Hardaway are still there. Like, I just don't understand the rankings of this. Like Cooper, Cooper ain't played in like 30 years. Like if you haven't, if you haven't made it by now, you're probably not going to make it. Is he going in as a player? Cause he, he was, he was, um, a longtime WNBA Coach, coach right so he could be going in as a coach i don't think he was that good as a coach i mean i could be wrong i'm not i'm not aware of coop's record right as a wnba head coach but it, it, is it for him as a player or is it him as a coach pretty sure it's a player okay yeah that's weird well i mean what what are we doing coop cooper is so old like why <laughs> Why is did they forget? Is this a is it was this like some type of uh, error that they made? Like oh shit, we forgot to put Coop on the ballot for the last thirty years. H- how did we forget to put Coop on the ballot twenty five right. years ago? Um, I, I I'm a huge Michael Cooper fan. My uh, my dad played against him in college. He was obviously a, a Laker uh, hero of ours uh, during that Showtime era. I thought he was an unbelievable defender. You know, probably the best on-ball defender of his era, like at least in the conversation uh, for that era. Um, so I don't know if that's enough to get him in because I don't think he was a big scorer, right? Was he, he was like only like I, I want to say maybe eleven points a game. Maybe I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Okay, well, that's shocking. And same thing with with Timmy Hardaway and Weber. Well, I mean, Weber, I think his 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 is a lot more interesting, right? The whole Michigan thing, and there's a lot, you know. There's a lot there <laughs> for Weber to have to deal with. But the Tim Hardaway thing is the same. It's the same thing. Like his son is, is a like eight year veteran now. Like how, how old is Tim Hardaway? Like why? I don't understand this. So yeah, I think the question is, is this, is this happening because there's a lack of like newer retired players that are due, right? Uh, like Dirk isn't there yet. Um, you know. Oh, Bosch, Bosch is in this too, by the way. Okay, so all right, so Chris, there, so that, that's an example. So Chris Bosch, that's a recently retired player that's probably up. I don't know. I think him, his and, and Weber's case is probably relatively similar, to be quite honest. I think they'll probably both make it. Uh, I agree with you on Paul Pierce. That's not no no reason to argue that. He's definitely in. Um, but it is weird. So, uh, yeah, the, the question I was trying to, to get to is where where are these pool of players coming from? Like, are we going to see this periodically? Like, oh, let's go back through the record books. Who didn't we, who didn't we include on the list? Or is the list just 150 players? Like, and is just, the list just 150 that they go, okay, then maybe it's this person now, maybe it's not. Um, I don't, I don't get where these players are coming from. But 
I don't have anything against them. I, and to be quite honest, the NBA hall of fame is such an open door policy. Uh, they're probably all going to get in. So I just think there should be a time limit though. Like if Coop is on this every single year and you're that's just limitations. Yes. Like you just can't get in. My, my question though, is I am all for Paul Pierce. Obviously I am a firm believer that, that Chris Weber should be in the basketball hall of fame, just even based on college. I mean, they changed the culture with fab five. Uh, Chris was one of the best high school players ever to play. Um, and then his, his resume through the NBA, those last three years were a little tough, but you know, in Philly, he was still averaging 20 points a game, which is wild. Um, he was hurt a lot, but those Sacramento teams are kind of iconic with everything that they were doing. Definitely think he should be in there. Um, Ben Wallace to me, I don't know though. Like I know what a great defensive player he was. They got their chip. Like they wouldn't have won the championship without Ben Wallace. Where is he in like all time blocks? Is he up there? I I didn't look his career. 5.7 points. 9.6 9.6 rebounds, 1.3 assists. He was a four-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defense, two-time rebounder, and one-time block leader, and four-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, so yeah, you know what? You kind of, yeah, you're in. He's in. Now I mean, that that those those right there put that in perspective. Those those accolades, like mm-hmm. five-time All-NBA. Mm-hmm. That's a that's that you're in for those those points for those points per game, too. You know what I mean? So low. um, I'm getting it's kind of like Rodman numbers, right? He's he never averaged over nine points a game in his career. He's never averaged 10 points a game in his career. But he had a year where he averaged 15 fucking rebounds. (laughs) That's so crazy. 15 rebounds in that same season, averaged three blocks. Mm -hmm. Like that'll do it. So, (laughs) yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Yeah, so so we are we all in then? Paul Pierce, Weber, and Ben Wallace all in the Hall of Fame, and Bosch, Bosch definitely, but Bosch, I mean, he got a chip, right? I'm in and, for Bosch. He was okay. putting up huge numbers. I think that's an injury related, like his career definitely. I think he'd still be playing right, right. Now. And I think that's just the unfortunate problem that he had with his heart there, uh, or with or with blood clots. I, you know, that's a that's a scary stuff. So hey, like what. That, it, that, what a great pickup Bosch would be for any team right now, right? Talk about teams needing a big man. Just think about that. For real. I mean, yeah, he he's he would he's the ideal stretch five, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he and he kind of was doing that in Miami, and that's part of the the slow evolution of the big man. Uh, was his you know Kevin Love essentially took his role in those Cleveland teams, and uh, he was amazing. I mean, those, those Toronto seasons, he was just putting up like twenty five and twelve every night uh i yeah bosh i find like this is this is the reason like i'm i'm trying to look at it from a perspective where mitch richmond is in the is in the hall of fame right so if you've done at least what mitch richmond has done in my mind is that your floor floor, that's your floor floor. okay yeah that's if you if you match up you must be mitch richmond height (laughs) to enter the nba um i love mitch richmond too the rocket that's my boy right there i love Mitch. yeah a great player but Uh if he's in then bosh is in and i honestly tim hardaway is probably in in my opinion as well oh boy uh i'm really excited about what just dropped today on netflix too last chance you but they're doing it for basketball and i was a big last chance you guy on netflix um eight episodes i'm gonna probably binge them today um (laughs) i'm looking forward to that yeah, they have a uh, Sierra Canyon uh, men's basketball, the high school out here where where LeBron's kid is going. 
also has a, uh, a documentary series. Yeah, who's the executive producer of that, Drew? Uh, that would be Maverick Carter and, and LeBron James. Uh, what a surprise. Printing now, money. Yeah, I'm sure Dwayne Wade is in there as well because uh, his kid was a part of that team. Mm-hmm. So uh, that I'm also I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Bronny, unfortunately, he tore his meniscus uh, a few weeks ago. And so that's not great. And there's a lot of pressure on that kid. Talk about pressure. His dad is like, I'm I'm not retiring until my son is in the league. And his son is a freshman in fucking high school. Like, and you might not make it, bro. Like, like you might not make it. Yeah, Jordan had a lot of sons. You know what I mean? Like right. that, you know, it doesn't always work out like that, bro. I, I well, I think it if it could work out for anybody, like get the like get the pass to the NBA, it'll probably be Bronny. Yeah. Right. At least he's at least get a work. If, if Jello can get a workout with the Pistons, Bronny's going to get a workout exactly. with somebody. That's exactly where I was going to go. If, if Jello can get signed to a seven day contract, then then Bronny can. And LeBron will tire, re- retire after the summer league. LeBron will be 42 playing summer league with Bronny just so that he can retire and say that I play with my son. Oh, man. Bron's just printing money right now. Uh, what else you got? You got anything, Drew? Trade deadlines coming up. Yeah. March 25th, I believe, is the trade deadline. Uh, I do. We can we can get into some trades later. I, I there is I think there's a lot of fun that we can have with talking about some potential trades for some of these teams that that we expect to make some moves. Um, and PJ Tucker uh, seems to be on the list of a lot of teams. So I think yeah, we can get into that maybe in the next uh, next couple pods. Oladipo turned down the extension too. Two year, forty five million. It's a fire sale in Houston right now, and I think Fertitta actually said that like they're willing to get rid of everybody if they have to. It's a complete burn down in Houston, um, and I think Oladipo will be looked at by a lot of teams again. But also yeah, turning he, to he, he turned it down because he wants to be a free agent and he right. thinks he's going to get a hundred million dollars. I don't know. I see. I don't know about that though. Well, look if if Gallo and Marcus Morris are getting sixty four. Mm-hmm. Then he's got to he's got to think that I, he can get at least eighty. Good call. And I I don't think he's wrong on that. So, all right, good call. Hey, real quick, I did I again. I've been knee deep in Top Shot. Okay, I am <laughs> I'm so far into this game right now. I just want to say I want to give how many kudos. moments? How many moments are thirty thirty two right now? Thirty two and growing. Thirty two, and I've only gotten one pack. So just put it that way. I'm being extremely strategic on my, I know I effed up early. Like, wow, did, <laughs> did I overpay for the Darius Baisley and Jeremy Grant? Sue, so I, I was just, I was in the game quick and I'm like, yeah, give it to Jeremy Grant, $75. I'm taking it <laughs> high number. And then yeah, Darius Baisley, 50 bucks, high number. And so now I have a strategic approach and, and I'm using that to, you know, to help me. But I want to say I got Donovan Mitchell, Low numbers. I got MPJ early this week. I got finally got my Zach Levine early. Um, I did pull a really good pack last week, and I got a CP um, rising stars or sorry, seeing stars right before the All Star game. So that's like re- that's up there for me right now. But I'm getting extremely strategic. And if anybody wants to, you know, talk top shot with us, let me know because um, I think I'm a pro- I think I'm a professional at this now. Yeah, like yeah, I'm sure. I'm getting good at it, man. But again. I might have to sell some of these because your boy's going deep, dog, like deep <laughs> in this. So, so we will be back at you guys next week. We'll be talking Clippers. Like we didn't even talk Clippers Lakers. That's is this our first episode we've never done without Clipper Laker talk? Yeah, I mean, we talked we talked a little bit about the Clippers and Lakers participants in the All-Star game. <laughs> That's about it. But, you know, we'll we'll hit you with Clippers Lakers once they play a game um, this next week. All right, we'll be back next week, guys. Uh, Drew, drop the beat by our boy Beats by JT. 
Um, that's the kid that, that made us some beats last week. He's sending us some more this week. Follow him on IG Beats by underscore JT. It is the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts.